Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Get it checked, boy. You want the sideline? You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What you talking about? Take your best shot. I'ma take the last shot. I'm Jordan in the clutch, boy. You bitting on me? It's time to get it checked, boy. You want the sideline? You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What you talking about? All righty, guys. It is time for another episode of the Auto Bid. I'm here with my twin brother, Andrew Robinson, and I am Aaron Robinson, your favorite twins. And that was Pull Up Tay on the intro. Make sure you guys go ahead and stream his music out on all platforms. Here's a new project, Life Ain't Fair, out. So wherever you stream your music, go ahead and download that. Um, I've been getting some good comments on my man, on my man music. So make sure you guys go ahead and check out his music, man. But we got a special edition of the Auto Bid today, man. As we inch closer and closer to March, the regular season is winding down in a lot of these mid-major leagues. Conference tournaments are getting ready to start back up, um, and there was a lot of action, man, this past weekend um, in terms of movement um, and shifting uh, across the mid-major landscape, man. So Drew, man, how about you? How about you get us started with the action from this weekend? Yeah, man. Actually, you know, but, but, but before we get started with that, man, uh, definitely we we just we just broke this news uh, on All Facts Media. Uh, our former teammate Rich Kelly is going to be on the move again. Um, gave All Facts the exclusive shout out to my guy Rich, um, but he's going to be moving on from BC. If you have not heard yet, um, suffered a season-ending injury, developed some plantar fasciitis in his foot. Um, you know, BC only has about three games left on the schedule. They've already been shut down due to COVID for a couple of weeks. Uh, they recently fired their head coach. So it seems like, um, you know, with this foot injury, this is going to be a season for Rich Kelly. And um, he's going to be, be moving on. Man. I think that, that obviously uh, we know that this is a, a, a mid-major podcast. But, you know, seeing that Rich Kelly was our teammate at Quinnipiac at a mid-major, definitely wanted to shout that out on here, man. I think he's going to be a guy that can definitely help out um, a power five program somewhere. I mean, he definitely played a, a big role this year at BC. Began the year coming off the bench, ended up working his way into the starting lineup by the end of the season, and uh, really proved to be the most reliable guard. I mean, he averaged 11 points per game. Um, and I think that he's a guy that, you know, if, if given the right situation, man, he could be a starter or a contender, man. I mean, this guy's a pure point guard. You know, uh, I saw him score. 40 points, you know, as a freshman uh, on the road at Fairfield a couple years ago, man. I had a front row seat for that, man. But, uh, I mean, he obviously had a game this year, man, scored 27 on the road at Miami. I believe he had 16 at Duke. Um, I mean, this guy, I mean, people, people, you know, when you look at him, people think, you know, he might not be able to, you know, score the basketball. But, I mean, this, this guy can put the ball in the basket. He's a pure point guard. He gets guys shots. Um, so, I think he definitely could be a guy who, you know, could be – like a uh, like a you know, Mike Smith situation, a guy that was at Columbia, you know, averaged twenty points a game, but then um, obviously going to Michigan and, and is now you know having a, a major role um, in the Wolverine success this year on a top five team. Man, he's starting that point guard, at least he's averaging around eight points a game, running the show, doesn't turn the ball over. Um, older guy, you know, this is a guy in Rich, obviously who's 
been a starter, you know, three years at Quinnipiac and now played major minutes in ACC. Um, you know, we know old wins, you know, um, so I think he's going to be a guy that can help a lot of programs out there, man. So I'm definitely excited to see where he ends up. Yeah, I like the Mike Smith comparison. I mean, everybody was talking about how they were so surprised with, you know, Mike Smith, um, how he's played at Michigan. He's averaging about eight points a game for the Wolverines. But, you know, he took 22 shots a game at Columbia. And obviously, Richard, you know, was nowhere near that volume. But just in terms of his skill set, you know, a guy that's high IQ can make shots. You know, he shot 38%, 37% from three um, this year for, for Boston College, man. So definitely um, can, can knock down a three ball, man. I mean, he, he got that really came on, you know, late in the season, man. I mean, he scored in double figures six of his last seven games, including, like you said, 27 uh, at Miami, 16 at Duke, you know, double figures against Virginia, Syracuse, you know, Wake Forest, NC State. So, I mean, these, these, these are no, no, you know, slouch opponents, man. I mean, you're, you're playing double figures, getting, getting, playing in the ACC, getting double figures, um, you know, I think any, anytime you can do that, you know, it's definitely a testament to to your skill set, man. So it's gonna be interesting to to see where he where he ends up, man. I, I think he can definitely be, you know, a starting point guard on a contending team uh, next season. Yeah, for sure, man. So we'll definitely be be following that story, man. You know, but um, to get to the weekend action, you know, we have a few games, man. The A10, man. I mean, what can we say about this conference, man? Another week, uh, another just up and down week in the conference, man. We started off. George Mason gets a win over VCU on the road um, in a game where, you know, Bones Highland gets injured right towards the end of regulation, man, which could potentially have some you know, implications for, for, for VCU down the line, man. Um, George Mason is able to get a quality, quality win on the road over VCU. VCU then follows that up without Bones Highland and is able to get a win over St. Louis. Um I mean, I think that just speaks to the, the, the coaching of Mike Rose, man, and, and this team. I mean, they have guys step up, a guy like, you know, uh, Ace Ball, when the freshman out of Baltimore, a guy like Vince Williams. I mean, um, when you have a team like VCU that, that plays hard and defends, I mean, you can never count them out of any game. And to be honest, man, I, I thought when Bones Highland got hurt, that was going to be it for this team. I think that, that they were going to, you know, limp to the finish. Um, but, I mean, I think that that one over St. Louis basically proves that, you know, this team is going to be a force to reckon with, with or without Bones Highland. I mean, I definitely hope that he can get back. Hopefully that the injury isn't too serious. Um, you know, but, but Mike Rose is a guy who has done an absolutely great job uh, with this team. Yeah, for sure, man. They said Bones Highland, uh, this is a sprained foot uh, for Bones Highland. So the x-rays came back negative. There's no breaks. They said basically the initial prognosis of that is going to be, you know, four weeks. But um, the, the reporter over there, Wayne F. reported that Mike Wright Rowe said um, that he's looking day-to-day. So I'm, I'm definitely would assume he'd be out uh, for his last last game of the regular season. They're going to play Davidson. Probably talk about that a little bit later. But I would assume he'd be, he'd be out for that game. But, you know, um, for the A-10 tournament, obviously the first couple of games are going to be in, in Richmond. So, you know, they, I know they'd love to have him back for those games. I don't know. You know, I think it's going to be, you know, just uh, um, about how, how fast he heals, you know. Um, but de- definitely uh, A-10, man. I mean, it's, 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 it's a crazy conference right now, man. I mean, talk about VCU. Um, we talked a little bit about Vince Williams last week in the, in the, in the drive that he's made, um, you know, o- over these, these last few games, man. I mean, uh, in that win over, over uh, VCU the other night, um, him and Ace Baldwin, you know, were really the two people that, that stepped up um, in Bowen's Highlands' absence. I mean, Vince Williams goes for 16. Ace Baldwin, you know, 15.7 assists. I mean, you know, those two guys really uh, just stepped up. I mean, Mike Rose talked about, um, you know, having this next man up mentality, man, you know, before before that game. 
obviously knowing that they were going to be without Bones. Talked about having a next-minute mentality, man. Those two guys stepped up, you know, big time for VCU, man. I mean, obviously now that they're in a tie with St. Bonaventure, atop the standings, both of those guys sitting at 10-3 right now. They split the regular season series. So, I mean, it's going to be a race to the finish, you know, for, for, that, for that one seed uh, in, in the A-10 tournament between those two teams. Now, for sure, man, I was listening to the uh, George Mason game yesterday, and I'm pretty sure the um, – I think the top four or five seeds get a buy. So, I don't think that um, – obviously, you know, barring anything unforeseen, I don't think VCU will end up playing the first, in the first round of like, the A-10 tournament anyway. So, that'll give, you know, Bone Highland an extra, um, you know, extra week to, um, you know, to, to get healthy and things like that, man. So, um, you know, definitely hoping that they can get back to full strength so we can see the VCU that, that we're used to be – that we're seeing, but – um, and other A-10 action, man, Dayton um, was able to get a win over St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis, um, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to overstate this, man, but I mean, I think that they've pretty much, I mean, their at-large chances are pretty much done now. I mean, when you drop, you know, obviously they've already lost to LaSalle. Um, you drop a, a game to, 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 to Dayton. Um, you lose to a VCU team without Bones Highland. I mean, those are tough, tough losses, man. I mean, I, I'm not really sure how they can recover um, in terms of at-large bid unless they do something unforeseen in the 8-10 tournament and really just, um, you know, run through everybody. Because we know, like, you know, uh, the way you play does, does you know, have some effect on the committee. So we'll have to see how that shakes out, man. But, um, you know, St. Bynum was also able to get a sweep over Davidson, uh, which created some separation um, at the top of the standings there. Um, and probably the, 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 the surprise for me, at least, of the week in the A-10 was St. Joe's able to get a week a win over Dayton. I mean, you know, Dayton beats St. Louis, and then you turn around and drop a team to St. Joe's who come into that matchup only had one um, – uh, I think they had zero wins coming into that, that game. Was, that was their first A-10 win. Yeah, their first A-10 win. So, I mean, it's just – I mean, this this conference is absolutely pandemonium. Um, I mean, I think, obviously, the, the, the return of Ryan Daly uh, was huge. Um, you know, for for St. George and that win. Are we talking about the A-10? Um, St. Joe, I mean, I, I know, you know, as of right now, you know, they're at the bottom of the league, you know, but when you get a guy, um, you know, like like a Ron Daly back, you know, that they're, um, you know, St. Joe's able to get a win over LaSalle. Daly has 30, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's, they're going to be a team that can upset somebody, you know, um, in the A-10 tournament. If they're obviously going to be seated pretty low, um, you know, we mentioned those first round games. I mean, if they can see, I, mean, I don't know, a team like uh, Duquesne or uh, George Mason or uh, UMass, like if those teams don't get a bye, if you see a team like St. Joe's as, you know, a, a guy like Taylor Funk who, who put up 36, you know, in his last game out, and then you have a guy like Ron Daly that can get 30 or 25, I mean, anything can happen. You know what I'm saying? Anything can happen. So St. Joe's is going to be a potential, um, you know, a potential, um, you know, team in the A-10 tournament that can shake up a lot of teams in the A-10 tournament hopes. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, St. Louis is they're, – they're done in terms of, in terms of an at-large bid. They have to win the A-10 tournament in order to get in. I mean, there's no – you lost – lose to LaSalle, um, lose to Dayton, um, and they lose to VCU without Bowens Highland. I mean, they're, they're done. Um, and even – I mean, I'm trying to be nice, Ace. You know, I'm trying to be nice and, you know, maybe give it a benefit of the doubt, but, you know – I guess I guess you're the one that's gonna just call a spade a spade on this show, huh? Man, look, they're they're done. Richmond's done. Um, the only team I think VCU is still alive for an at large. I think St. Bonaventure is still alive for an at large. That that sweep over Davidson was absolutely huge um, for them to be, be able to win those two games. Um, I think it, I mean I think it, it's St. Bonaventure and VCU. Man, if, obviously if um, if St. Louis were to win the A10 or if you know. Uh, 
URI or a, you know Richmond would have won the A10 tournament, then obviously uh, I, I think I think St. Bonaventure and VCU are going to be right on that bubble. They're, they're definitely neither I think are safely in. Um, I think both of them would would be sweating on Selection Sunday, but I think you definitely um, you know have a shot have a shot there to hear your name called on Selection Sunday if they were to slip up in the A10 tournament. Same cannot be said for Richmond for St. Louis. I think those two are definitely in a position right now where they have to win the A-10 tournament um, in order to get into the field of 68, man. But uh, I want to talk about another mid-major conference that had a huge weekend, and that was the Mountain West. Um, Boise State swept Utah State at home um, and, and what was a huge result for Utah State. Um, we're going we're gonna, uh, to dive a little bit deeper into this later on in the show, but I mean, Utah State – they're going to be sweating. I mean, the Mountain West once was a, was a conference where, you know, they were going to – I thought at least that they had four teams that that should be comfortably in. But um, Utah State, that, that result hurt the conference, man. Um, and then also that Nevada-Colorado State series got postponed. And that was a team that for Colorado State because they were going to have an opportunity to potentially pick up two wins um, against the Nevada team. That is, that is really good. And so for them to, to not have that opportunity to kind of boost their resume – I think they're kind of in the position now where they're also going to be sweating a little bit um, if, if, if they don't, you know, do take care of business in, in the Mountain West tournament, man. So I definitely – I want to talk a little bit about that a little bit later, but um, that was a huge result for me um, out of the Mountain West. Boise State looks really good, man. They they, they look really good. Um, I, I, I think they're, they're, they're a team that definitely could be a potential second, second weekend team. Leon Rice is doing an amazing, amazing job um, with that with that team out there. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be fun, a fun conference tournament for sure um, in, in the Mountain West, man. Yeah, the Mountain West is, is always a, a fun, fun conference. Um, you know, definitely I, I think that um, – what, what, weren't they saying that um, they're going to try to reschedule that Colorado State and, and Nevada game? I think well, that, they, that, they, 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 they rescheduled some games, but that one wasn't one of the games that got rescheduled. Colorado State is going to play Air Force um, – this weekend, but so they're not going to have opportunity to play Nevada. So that was that was surprising. But they, they did they did they did add some games, but that was not one of the games that got added to the schedule. Oh wow, yeah. I mean, so that definitely um going to be a, a you know a loss of opportunity there for Colorado State, man. But I mean, also, man, it could be on the bright side, you know, because like I said, Nevada is a good team. So you know, I mean, you you slip up and, and drop a game or two to Nevada, that might hurt their resume even more. So. Um, you know, we, we, we saw Roy Williams go on a, a tirade last night because the, the reporter asked him, hey, you know, Roy, uh, you know, if, if you knew you were going to lose this game, you know, would you schedule Marquette? You know, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Roy goes, I mean, if I would knew I would have lose, of course I would have scheduled the game. If I knew I was going to lose, I thought it was just that big. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think any of these, uh, these um, teams, you know, want to, you know, play any of these games that, that they could potentially lose. Um, so, I mean, for Colorado State, you know, I think that, you know, you you avoid uh, a Nevada team that, you know, and, and I mean, you're going to be on the road. You know, we're going to be going to, uh, to, to Nevada um, in, in that game. So, I mean, um, definitely would have been a tough a tough game. But nonetheless, um, I think if they, if they finish strong in the Mountain West tournament, um, as long as they don't get upset by any other bottom feeders, I think they'll still have a, a decent chance uh, to get in, you know, a better, better than average chance to get in for Colorado State. Um, and as far as, as far as Utah State, um, like you said, man, they're, they're going to be sweating, man. They're definitely going to have to utilize the Mountain West tournament to try to pick up some wins. Not for sure, man. Um, after now, and I want to talk about, you know, my favorite conference, my, my favorite major conference, man, the SOCON. Always, always, you know, some, some, some nonsense going on over there, man. Western Carolina 
was able to beat UNCG, and Mercer was able to defeat Chattanooga, man. Chattanooga was playing some really, really, really good basketball, man. So, But Mercer is a team that has been pesty all season long, man. I mean, they've, they've stolen some wins um, against some good teams, man. So I, I wasn't really, you know, overwhelmingly surprised. It was just more so that, you know, Chattanooga had a chance to potentially get, get in play for a regular season championship um, if, they, if they had won that game. Um, you know, but obviously, you know, they didn't get the result that they wanted. They, they, they now lost two in a row um, after reeling off five straight um, and getting themselves into the uh, – I'm sorry, six straight. They won six straight games. Um, but then now they lost to UNCG and lost to Mercer. So they're, they're essentially out of that race um, in the SOCON for the regular season championship, man. But the SOCON is going to be a fun league, man. I'm going to talk a little bit about this a, a little bit later as well, man. But those were two big results. UNCG, that loss really hurt them because they were, they were in the driver's seat um, to win the regular season if they had won out. But now, you know, you, you, you drop that game to um, Western Carolina, and now you put yourself in a position where you have to win um, just to get a buy. I mean, just, just to get a share of that regular season championship in the, in the SOCOM, man. So it's going to be a fun finish in the SOCOM, man, and we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about, that, about that later as well. But um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that, with that league down the stretch. Not for sure, man. For sure, man. Like you said, it's definitely going to be a race to the finish. Um, I want to pivot to another conference that's going to be a race to the finish, and that is the MAC. Absolute pandemonium in the MAC. Um, you know, this weekend we had Iona that you know swept Mammoth. You know, that was probably the biggest result of the weekend. You know, Mammoth was a team that obviously is in first place in the MAC as far as you know win total. They have ten wins. Um, Iona is able to um, you know sweep them. Um, after, you know, losing to, to Quinnipiac uh, last week. Um, Maris and St. Peter's played to a split, an absolute rock fight. Um, you know, no surprise there. You know, we've got the former John Dunn team coached by the current John Dunn coach team. And Eugene Holloway has kind of interpreted that same kind of mantra at St. Peter's where it just kind of defend, 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 low-scoring games. Um, so they played to a split. Um, Niagara and Siena played to a split. Um, so Siena goes to nine and three. Um, you know, they're first place in terms of win percentage, but again, you know, second place in terms of, you know, total wins, um, you know, in the regular standing. I mean, Iona, they get a, they get a split. They're six and three. You know, then that normally would be good for, you know, um, I think second or third in the MAC, but obviously we know because of the total wins percentage, um, that is not the case. Um, Fairfield and Canisius also played to a split. And QU um, was able to get a sweep over Ryder, man. Uh, that, that, that was their third straight win. Um, you know, they're building some momentum. They're going to have a weekend series over Marist that we're going to preview a little bit later in the show. You know, but, um, you know, with that, man, there are four teams in the MAC that are tied at six wins. Four teams. And, I mean, a mere two games separates third from ninth. You know, from, you know, obviously from um, where what is it would be eight games. From eight games to, to six games, you know, uh, it's, only, it's only two games. Man. So you can potentially go from third you know, to ninth if you have a tough weekend and you drop two, you know. So um, it's going to be a lot of teams, man, that are going to be playing for seeding, playing for those buys in the MAC tournament. As we know, the top five seeds get first-round buy And At this point, I mean, I have no idea how this is going to shake up because it's, a, it's an absolute log jam between six to eight wins. Hey, listen, man, I've, I've been – I actually had a chance to watch that Siena and Niagara uh, series, and I was extremely, extremely impressed with Niagara, man. I mean, they they are a gritty, gritty team. They're currently sitting at 7-9 and nine in the night, man, but they gave Siena all that they could handle this weekend, man. I mean, Kobe Nwandu is legit. Um, 
Marcus Hammond played well on you know night one, night two. Uh, he, he struggled from the field, man. But um, Raheem Solomon played played well, man. But Niagara, they're a feisty team, man. I mean, you know, Sienna, Sienna, you know, had, had their chances. They, they would go up. Niagara would, would you know respond with a run each and every time, man. Sienna was the same way. Niagara won that first game, so Sienna was was um you know they 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 had to back against the wall in game two in order to get a split, man. And and Niagara was was out there like, look, look, dude, I I'm, I'm gonna make it as hard as possible, man. I, I was really impressed with how they how they defended. Um, they're a confident bunch, man. Ballsy. I mean, they, they were they were a team. They were down, they were down three. Um, Raheem Solomon goes to the line, makes the first one. No, I'm sorry, they were down, they were down three. I believe he missed the front of the one on one. They rebounded the ball, kicked it out. Marcus Hammond hits a three to tie the game. Um, and sends, and then uh, after the uh the swing session, Sienna throws the ball to half court, calls timeout. They get Manny Camper at elbow ISO. He drives baseline, um, and he hits Stormo. For the game winning layup, man, but that was a game that was looking like it was gonna go to overtime um in, in night two. Niagara almost got a sweep over Sienna, man. I mean, their team extremely well coached. I have to give Greg Paulus uh props for, for, the, for the job that he's done with that team, man. Um also Reggie Witherspoon as well in Buffalo with Canisius, man. I mean, they're sitting at six and four right now. Um, I mean, they, they they came off pause um and won three straight games before losing to Fairfield in the second game of that of that doubleheader, man. But they beat they swept Clinton Piak. Um, beat Fairfield in, in game one, obviously, and then, and then they lost in game two. But, you know, they're currently sitting at 6-4 and four in the mat, man. So there have been some impressive coaching jobs. Even Rick, Rick Pitino at Iona, obviously, you know, everybody knows he, he's a great coach. But to not play for 40-something-odd games and then to come out um, come out and play with, with, with the way that they, they did was impressive, man. I mean, they're sitting at 6-3 and three, um, in, in the mat right now, man. So, you know, that currently would be second place if we were going to win percentage. But, you know, obviously because the Mac is only doing it based off total wins, they can wind up being the 10th or 11th seed in the MAC tournament, you know? Um, just because obviously they're, they're not going they announced that they're going on pause. They're not going to play any more regular season games uh, until the MAC tournament, man. So they are tournament eligible. They got to their 13 total games, man. But it's going to be tough for them, man, with all these pauses. Um, the MAC is going to be fun, like you said, man. Uh, also, I want to talk about Quinnipiac. You know, they're, they're hitting their stride, man. I had an opportunity to watch that Ryder series, man. And, Lewis Courtright and Ty Chinnery are two of the best freshmen in the league. I mean, um, I think one of those two should end up winning Rookie of the Year. Obviously, um, Junior Joseph over at Iona is going to have a, is going to have something to say about that as well because he he's had a great year uh, for them. But I mean, I think when I look at Courtright and Chinnery, you know, I think they're they're the best two freshmen in the league, man. Um, obviously, you know, Luke Courtright had a heck of a weekend. He had 25 in that last matchup um, against Ryder. Man, he's been playing. Really, really good basketball. He's an extremely confident young freshman, you know, out of New York City, man. He plays like a New York guard, man. He has absolutely no, you know, no conscience. You know, he'll shoot, he'll shoot over over contest, you know, or anything, man. I mean, Tamu is the same way, man. So, you know, also Jacob Ragoni is catching his stride as well. Um, in the in these last few games, Quinn P.I. is gonna be a team, you know, obviously they've won three in a row. They're gonna have merits this weekend, but you know, they're a team that is playing some good basketball right now as well, man. So the back is always a fun league, man. Um, we, we just got we just got uh, credentials to go cover the MAC tournament, so I'm extremely extremely excited to get to Atlantic City and, and cover this league because this conference tournament, you know, as it always is, is going to be extremely fun to watch. Now, for sure, man, definitely going to be looking forward to that, man. I think you know one thing to watch, man, is going to be Sienna, man. I mean, J- Jalen Pickett's kind of struggled as of late. Um, he only had five points, one for nine from the field. Um, in that first game against Niagara, obviously we know he had that injury. Um, early earlier on in the year, man, but. 
you know, and it was it was interesting because you know he came out the gate, you know, guns blazing, had twenty the first game against Monmouth. They followed that up with eighteen points and fourteen rebounds in the second game. Um, third game had fifteen points and nine rebounds and six dimes. So we was like, okay, this is Jalen Pickett that we expected to see, you know, the the reigning player of the year. Um, but obviously after that, you know, we know he, he got hurt, and from there he hasn't really been himself. Man, he hasn't scored. You know, he's he scored under ten points. Um, in three of, of his last six games, he's been in single digits, hasn't gotten over 13 points. Um, you know, last game he had 13, 13.7 rebounds and four assists um, in the win over Niagara. But I think he's going to have to kind of return to the player of the year, Jalen Pickett, that we know him to be. Um, a guy that's getting, you know, 15, 16 points a game, seven or eight assists, you know, and five or six rebounds. I mean, that's really what he's capable of doing. Um, and I think that, you know, if, if, if Sienna's going to be the Sienna that we think – you know, um, they should be in the same team that, you know, came out and started off in the Mac, you know, five and one or something like that. You know, they, they won their first three Mac game, three and oh, coming off a pause. Um, I think that they need Jalen Pickett to be Jalen Pickett um, if, if they're going to reach their potential. Um, if not, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who's going to really emerge. Obviously, we know Deion Hammond. Um, I, I would say he's probably my pick for, for player of the year uh, right now in the Mac. Um, just being that he's been the most consistent, uh, in my opinion, all year, obviously, battling Paul and still being able to, you know, put up points and get Miles in a position to where right now they're sitting in first place. Um, it's going to be interesting to, to, to see, man. As we know, for, for Quinnipiac, you know, from, from playing Coach Dunleavy, I'll never ever forget, you know, that that first year um, where we were able to make that run to uh, the conference semifinals, man, with Coach Dunleavy, man. And um, it seems like, you know, he does – he always finds a way to kind of get his team playing, you know, their best basketball towards the end of the season, man. So definitely going to be a team to watch out for um, come Mac turning time. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, just a little bit about, about the Sienna thing. I mean, like I said, I, during the Niagara game, what, what I noticed, um, Pickett, Pickett kind of really does a good job of picking his spots. Um, like he's not a guy that's going to come out and force his offense. I mean, there was a, there was a time when, when Niagara went up five and he came out and went on like a little 8 run by himself. He hit two, two threes. Um, matter of fact, him and then Camber got laid up. Him and Manny Camber, those two guys really, really, really do a good job of picking their spots. I think, I think one reason that his production kind of been going down, not necessarily down, but not the numbers that we've recently seen him is the emergence of Jordan King. I mean, this dude as a sophomore has taken a huge, huge leap, man. I mean, last year he averages four points a game. This year he's up at almost 13 a game for the Saints, man. I mean, and he, he's a ballsy, ballsy kid. I mean, I, 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 there was times in the Niagara game where they needed shots, and he's coming off, coming off ball screens, pulling up, knocking down, you know, contested mid-range jumpers. Man, I mean, he is—he's a ballsy sophomore, man. I mean, and I, I, he—he played really well for them, you know. Obviously, in the absence of Jalen Pickett earlier in the year, he went crazy. Um, in, in those few games, he had a couple of 20, uh, 20 point performances back to back. Um, no, I'm sorry, three, three straight. He had 21, 22, and 21 in three games in a row earlier, earlier in the season, man. And you know, obviously, um. Average about 10 points per game this past weekend versus Niagara, man. But he's played really well for them, man. He's really emerged as that third option for Siena um, on, on that on that team, man. And even at times, he you know, he can kind of be that first or second option when, when it comes to scoring because he can really create his own offense. Um, as you know, you know, Pickett can create his own offense as well, but he's more of a facilitator. He can try to get everybody else involved first, and he'll pick his spots. Um, but, I mean, Jordan King has really, you know, impressed me a lot uh, for this Siena team. He's currently second on the team in scoring. Um, so I, I think he, the emergence of him is going to be something that definitely, you know, might not have been expected coming into the year, but definitely, you know, been, been a welcoming sight for the Saints. Now, for sure, I was going to say, man, I mean, he, he's right now, he's like, like, like you mentioned, man, second on, on, on the team in scoring, um, only a half a point behind Manny Kempert, uh, you know, was leading them in scoring. So, um, Stan definitely had a, a three-headed monster there this year. 
Um, those guys seem to be sharing the wealth, um, you know, but, you know, like you mentioned, man, I think, you know, um, it's definitely going to be a fun, fun MAC tournament. A lot of different teams, man, are, are going to have something to say, man. And if so, I'm, 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 I got a question for you, man. If you had to pick, you know, the, the favorite right now in the MAC, you know, who, who would you say that would be right now? I'm, I, I would go with Sienna, man. I mean, the way, the way that I, the reason I picked Sienna is because they, I watched them the way that they respond to adversity. Um, and I, I, I just like the way that, you know, during that, during this Niagara series this weekend, man, there've been times where they've been, they've been down, you know, back, backs against the wall and they always seem to find a way to score, you know, and they got, got Tommy Buckets, Manny Camper made plays, Jalen Pickett made plays, Jordan King made plays, man. You know, this, this is a team that has, that has been riddled with COVID. Obviously they've, they've had, three or four or five separate pauses this year because of COVID, man. Somehow we still look at standings and they're in first place at, at nine and three, man. You know, so um, this is the year where, you know, there is no, you know, I mean, Iona obviously te- technically is still the fourth time defending champion, but, you know, Tim Clues is gone. Um, the only guy on this team that has even played in the MAC tournament is Asante Gist, uh, I believe. Uh, well, not played, who has won a MAC tournament is Asante Gist. Um, and everybody else is, you know, this is going to be their first time. So that, that pedigree, you can only see Iona, you know, Cruz isn't there no more. Obviously, Rick Pitino is a hell of a coach. But um, it's anybody's ball game, man. And I, I, like, I like the way Sienna has been playing. Um, I like their, the way that they respond to adversity. So if I had to pick a favorite, um, I, I would probably pick Sienna right now. I love St. Peter's. I love Shaheen Holloway. You know, they're always a, a gritty, gritty group. Um, obviously, we saw them beat Iona last year in the next tournament. And they've showed flashes at times throughout the year, but they've been a little bit inconsistent. And the same can be said about Monmouth. Um, obviously, they're currently had the most wins in the league, but you know they've been they've been a little bit inconsistent as well. Um, and I don't really know if they don't make shots. Um, you know, they're a team that they relies heavily on on making shots. You know, with Deion Hammond, um, with Diamond Totley, um, and with George Popis. I mean, I think you know those guys. They they rely on those guys to put the ball in the basket. I mean, if they're not making shots, um, I think it's going to be tough for them. Uh, in the MAC tournament, because obviously it's only it only takes one game. You know, it only takes one game for you to not shoot the ball well, um, and and you could be you could potentially be going home. So, I think I think Sienna's the team that I think you know have done the most when they're, when they're back against the wall. So if I had to pick a team, I'll pick Sienna for sure, man. And you know, if I'm gonna give you, I'm I'm gonna give you guys a sleeper. And it's crazy that I'm even saying this team is a sleeper because they're the four-time defending MAC champs still. But I own is a sleeper, man. Um, and I say this because this. Just knowing the history of the MAC tournament and knowing just college basketball in general, you need a guy that when stuff gets crunchy, when it's time to get a bucket, you need a guy that can do that. And Isaiah Ross is that guy. I mean, you know, that second game against Mama, he pours in 31 points, you know, and, and that second win against Mama, he's averaging 20 points per game uh, on the season. You know, he's a guy that can fill it up, he's a guy that can score. At eight from, from from anywhere on the floor, he's a great shooter, you know. But now he um, this year he's you know added you know being able to you know get to the basket as well. Um, obviously shooting forty one percent from three, almost fifty percent from the field, you know forty nine percent basically. Um, he's incredibly efficient and he's just incredibly talented. And when it comes to like you mentioned, man, one and done games, you know the reality is the Mac is is, is a uh, very you know closely contested league, right? Like all these teams are very close as far as you know. Um, as far as ability, as far as in terms of talent, which is why you had that log jam, which is like about you know sixteen, you know, within like two games of each other. Um, so, with that being said, the reality is these games in the MAC tournament are going to be close, you know. And when 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 it's nut crushing time, and when you have to get a bucket, when it's a minute left, it's a two point game, and you got to have to give the 
who I'm not going to get the ball to? You know, Iona has that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of these teams in the MAC, it, it's, it's not a bad thing, you know, but, um, you know, I think it bodes well um, sometimes, but they kind of are, you know, win by committee. They have guys, multiple guys who are averaging around, like, from 9 to, like, 12 or 13. We just mentioned Santa has three guys at 12 a game. Um, you know, obviously, we know Quinnipiac, you know, Ragoni is at 12. They have a a lot of guys that are, you know, 10, 9, 7, 8, things like that. You know, St. Peter's is, is the same way. I don't even know if they have a double-figure score over at St. Peter's. Um, you know, I think – I don't know. So sometimes, all right, well, who, who, who are we going to get the ball to? Are we going to go to, you know, a guy like we're going? Are we going to go to Tyrese Williams? Are we going to go to Courtright? You know, or if you look at – I mean, excuse me, um, like Shannon, is it King? Is it Pickett? You know, are we going to get the ball to Camper or to ISO? You know, we know Pickett's going to have the ball, but, you know, who's going to – who's going to put the ball in the basket, you know, for us? You know, Iona has that guy. You know, Isaiah Ross is going to have the ball. He's going to be able to take games over. Um, he's a guy that can go out and get 30 in a MAC tournament game. You know what I'm saying? And when we think about the teams at Iona, obviously, like you mentioned, it's, it's a new regime. It's not Tim Cruz anymore. But, you know, E.J. Crawford, A.J. English, David Lowry, I mean, they always have had that guy that they can give the ball to and – go and get a bucket, you know, and though we had, you know, it's a new regime and Patino's there, you know, the same thing still holds true where they have that one guy that can go and get you a bucket. And um, you know, we have a guy like Asante Gist at point guard who's obviously been to the NCAA tournament and won games, you know, that definitely does go a long way. And I'll say a, team, a coach in Patino's, you know, won a national championship and been to Final Fours, you know, that also goes a long way when it comes to teams in March. You have coaches that's been there before, you know, you have players that's, that's been there before and a, a guy who can just flat out get a bucket. So that's going to be my sleeper, you know, pick uh, for the MAC. Yeah, man, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. I think Ross is averaging 20 points per game, but he's never, you know, obviously his first year in the Mac tournament, they lost last year. So, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll see we'll see what happens. You know, I, I think I think Iona, I'm not going to be actually picking Iona. Um, I, I think Mama has something to say about about all this as well, you know. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. My last my last game of the week that I want to talk about was Colgate, Sweat BU. They're now 11-1 and in the Patriot League. Um, They're up to 12 in the net rankings, man. So, I just wanted to shout out Colgate over there in the Patriot League, man. They're doing – doing amazing things uh, in their league, man. And I think, you know, depending on depending on the matchup, I said this last week, I said this a couple of times, um, the way they shoot the ball, the way they can score the ball, um, they will be a, a, a team that we will definitely have to, to watch um, in March, man. I think they could definitely be, you know, like that at 15-2, 13, no, 15-2, 13, what, 14-3, you know, type situation. Or maybe even if they get 13, 13-4, you know, type situation. Um in the tournament, man. So, um, but we talked about this earlier, man. I definitely want to preview. Um, talk, I want to talk, talk a little bit about, about the Mountain West, man. I mean, you know, the Mountain West is a team, is a league, excuse me, that, you know, I think I think San Diego State and Boise State are both comfortably in the tournament. San Diego State, obviously, returning to the top 25 this week. They're going to be safely in the tournament. They're up to 25 in the net, 20 in Ken Palm. They're an elite, elite defensive team. Uh, Boise State, 32 in the net rankings, 57 in Ken Palm, but they have some great wins. Um, on their resume. So I think those two teams should be good heading into Selection Sunday. But for Colorado State and Utah State, those two teams are going to be sweating, um, and they're going to have to do some work here uh, finishing the regular season and then obviously in the Mountain West tournament as well. Colorado State right now is sitting at 45 in the net. Ken Palm has them at 69. Um, they're claiming the fame, I guess, that they've split, you know, against all of the top three teams in the league. So they've beaten San Diego State, they've beaten Boise State, and they've beaten Utah State. Um, but they have a bad loss earlier in the year to St. Mary's. They lost by 20. 
Uh, the same area in the team that left they win the WCC tournament, they're probably not going to get into the tournament. You know, they're, they're right now 669 in the net, 79 in Kempom. So that 20-point that loss, obviously, it was early in the year. And St. Mary's is not a bad team. You know, they're, they're definitely not, not you know, I, that, that's probably, you know, quad two, quad three loss. Um, but, you know, by the margin, you know, it doesn't necessarily look great. Um, and then obviously that, that you know, having that series canceled against Nevada um, is going to be huge for them, you know, just, just because of the fact that they're not going to have the opportunity to, you know, get, get potentially two wins. But also, like you said, they're also not going to have the opportunity to add any more losses to that resume. So they're going to have some work to do in the, in the Mountain West tournament as well as, 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 well as Utah State. Um, you know, they're right now 55 in the net and 55 in Kempom as well. They've claimed the aim that, you know, they've swept San Diego State earlier in the year. And that, that sweep is going to, you know, bode extremely, extremely large, you know, for them. Obviously, San Diego State is, is a team that's, you know, one of the hottest teams in the country right now. And they also split with Colorado State. Um, but obviously that sweep this weekend versus Boise State really, really hurt them. I think they needed to get at least one of those. Um, the upside to them, that they still have two games, that was a game that got added. They're going to play Nevada this weekend, um, the, the, the Davis series. Um, so we're going to see what they do against Nevada, man. I think they can't afford to lose. They can't afford to get swept. You know, Nevada, we saw Nevada sweep Boise State earlier in the season. So they're a team that 100% had the potential to, to shake some stuff up. You know, Nevada – I don't want to overreact here, but they're a team that could potentially be a bench dealer in the Mountain West tournament, man. I mean, they are that good. They might have the best guard in the league in Grant Sherfield, obviously Wichita State transfer, man, but he he is, is, is having an absolutely amazing, amazing year. Um, the benefit for Utah State is that they're going to see this team at home. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, the game is going to be um, in Utah. You know, so they're not going to have to have to travel to Reno. Obviously, Boise State had to travel to Reno. Um, when they when they got beat, you know, by Nevada man. But I mean, Grant Sherfield is an absolute problem. He's averaging 19 points and six assists this year for Nevada man. Um, they are no slouch. So, you know, Utah State is going to have to have to take care of business this week versus Nevada, and then they're probably also going to have to you know do some work in the Mountain West tournament, man. But you know that that conference might 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 be sweating come Selection Sunday, uh, depending on how these games shake out over the next few days. Now, for sure, man, it's crazy, man. I'm looking at Sheffield's stats, man. He goes from averaging eight a game, you know, a season to go to, you know, 19 a game this year, man. That's definitely quite the quite the quantum leap, you know, for a guy, man. But I agree, man. I think, you know, Nevada is obviously a team, you know, that is no changes to, to tournament success. You know, that team that's been in, in the Sweet 16 not too long ago, you know, with that run that they went on with the Martin Twins. Obviously, we know a, a different regime, um, you know, different players and things like that. You know, but um, this is a talented team, man. And obviously, we know – um, you know, Coach Coach Alfred over there um, is going to have those guys ready to play, you know, in the conference tournament. So, um, you know, definitely going to look, look look forward to seeing how that conference shakes out, man. I, I agree with you 100% um, that Nevada could definitely be a, a big stealer, man. Um, I want to pivot a little bit to an, uh, another conference, man, that had some had a big-time game, man. The two heavyweights uh, in the America East matched up this week. Um, UMBC and Vermont uh, matched up down here in – Baltimore, they played to a sweep. I mean, excuse me, they played to a split. Um, thus, top of standings remain the same. Um, they both tied at 10 and 4 atop the American East. We just see, we just uh, saw the American East awards actually get unveiled today. Ryan Odom gets coach of the year, um, deservingly so, man, for the job he's done. Those guys over at UNC, I mean, excuse me, UMBC. Um, the receivers also had two guys on the first team, and RJ Adderock and Brandon Horvath. They have another. Um, Obviously, um, you know, another guy obviously made um, six man of the year. What's my man's name off the bench? Um, 
name is evading me right now, but was um, six man of the year, man. So yeah, those, those guys had a team. Obviously, um, Vermont had the player of the year um, for the fifth straight year at that, you know. So, um, I mean, those two teams are definitely going to be, you know, the, the pride of the American East. Um, and I can't wait for the, for the, for the tournament. You know, I, I absolutely, you know, cannot wait for the American East tournament because, you know, that's going to be, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's going to come down, you know, to, 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 to those two teams. Um, UNBC and Vermont, obviously, we know what happened um, in the, what, 20, what was that, 2018, when, uh, when Jared Lyles made that shot um, to, to kind of to beat Vermont on the road there. Um, you know, but like I said, you know, Ryan Davis, player of the year, um, you know, Brandon Horvat and, and RJ Iderock, you know, both were, were on that first team. And um, Andre Kennedy is your sixth man. Ah, there we go. Andre Kennedy, yes, sir, sixth man of the year. So both of your teams, man, have um, very talented players. Um, great coaching, man. So it's going to be a race to the finish. Um, I guess the, 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 the surprising result on the American East, man, was that Binghamton goes to NJIT and, and gets a sweep over, over the Highlanders, man. Um, you know, NJIT had the opportunity, you know, they were sitting at six and eight, had two home games against Binghamton, who was at the bottom of the league, had an opportunity to get, you know, to eight and eight, be around 500 in the league and really put themselves in position to kind of make some noise, man. But they lose, you know, instead they go to six and 10. They're in third to last place in the American East, which is, you know, quite surprising to me, obviously coming from the Atlantic Sun. You know, this is a team that, you know, we all thought was going to be at the top of the American East and challenging, you know, a team like UNBC and Vermont. When you have a guy like Zach Cooks, you know, coming from the Atlantic, Atlantic Sun that's, you know, so talented. Um, but they've struggled thus far, man. And I think that that, that loss to Binghamton, um, you know, really kind of really, really hurt them, you know, as far as just like, the confidence. And you want to be kind of getting better and building towards March at this time of the year. Obviously, we know the American East is is going to start the playoffs now. So that's definitely not, you know, two losses that you would like to have going into uh, the, the conference tournament. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, that, that, that's obviously a disappointing, you know, loss for for NJIT. Now they're going to see Albany um, in that in that first round of the America East, you know, conference tournament, man. I mean, um, it's, it's going to be tough for them, man. I mean, I already know um, they're they're a talented team, man. They are a talented team, man. So you you hope that, that they can kind of figure it out. Um, that definitely was a, was a disappointing result for them to lose at home, you know, to Binghamton. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting, man. They're going to play at a neutral site you know, in Hartford, Connecticut, when they play um, Albany in the conference tournament, man. So hopefully, you know, they'll be able to figure it out and you know, maybe advance you know, in that conference tournament, man. But it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, man, to see what happens with them because I think they're definitely a team that are kind of disappointed um, in their first year in the amount in the American East, given the talent, you know, that that, that they have. No, for sure, man. How about this, man? Like, what's up with Vermont, man? I mean, they got the, the America East on payroll. I mean, Trey Bell Haynes wins back-to-back player of the years. Andy Lamb wins back-to-back player of the years. Now Ryan Davis player of the year. I mean, geez, can we spread the love around? Like, can, can somebody get a player of the year award? I mean, sheesh. I mean, I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, I, like, you know, he, Ryan Davis had a great year. He's averaging, you know, 19 and 6, 19 and 7, basically, for, for, for Vermont. You know, obviously, they, they, they tied for first place. You know, we know we know what Anthony Lamb did when he was at Vermont. I mean, he, his first college game, his first college game was at Quinnipiac. Well, that was, that was, I think, our sophomore year at home. We think we're going to be good. He came in there and had, like, 30, didn't he? Didn't he have 30 his first college game? Or it was 20. I don't know if it was 30. I think it might have been, like, 20 or something like that. He First college game. That's that's when I knew he was the real deal. There was no more. I'd have to see anything else. Oh, okay, yeah, this dude is going. This dude is going to be a star, man. And Trey Bell Haynes, you know, the, he played in some great teams as well. I mean, I, I, I was never, you know, super duper impressive. Obviously, he was a great player, um, but he was never a guy. But I think, you know, they, they were they were 
you know, cruising through the American East. So, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, obviously you look at UBC, who's high for first place. But, I mean, their leading score, RJ, I don't like averages 14 a game. And, I mean, they have one, two, three, four, five, six guys that average at least eight points. You know, so, so they're a team that, that you know, spreads the ball around. And so it, it, it was going to be hard to give it to anybody other than, you know, than, than Ryan Davis, especially when he's averaging 19 and six in front of regular season champions, you know. So I, I think it's deservedly so, man. I mean, you know, I, I, somebody else is going to have to come out there and get and, and, and take it from him, man. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, I was surprised, you know, Zach Cooks couldn't, couldn't give, a, give a better run for that money. I mean, coming into the year, I, I would have thought he would definitely be in play for that award. But obviously, NJIT doesn't have the year that, that they expect him to have. And, you know, Cooks doesn't have the year that he expects to have. Um, you know, still a, still a good year. I mean, he averages, you know, 16 and 5, you know, which isn't terrible. But, you know, obviously, you know, considering what we've seen him do, you know, over his career. Obviously, last year, averaging basically 20 points a game, you know, um, it definitely was, was a little different. It was, it was surprising to see him kind of struggle in his last season. Not for sure, man, for sure, man. But to the NEC we go, man. Bryant was able to get a big-time win um, over Merrimack um, on the road, man. So, you know, that that definitely, you know, was a, was a big-time win, win, win for Bryant, obviously coming off off pause, they needed that one, man. I mean, Wagner sweeps St. Francis, um, and they remain at the top of the league at 10 and 4. You know, Brian's currently in second place. Um, LIU was also able to get a sweep over Central Connecticut State, so uh, that puts them at 9 and 7, which is in fifth place. But as we know, Merrimack is currently in fourth, you know, but uh, they, they they can't go to the postseason. So LIU um, gets into that top four, which is very important because we know the NEC, only four teams are, are going to be playing. Um, you know, for for that conference, for that conference championship. So, um, obviously, it's, it's, it's really going to be kind of a, a race to the finish there. You know, so Bryant able to, you know, being able to get that, you know, big time win over Merrimack was huge. Getting it back in, in second place. Uh, obviously, Merrimack, you know, being in, excuse me, the Merrimack actually in third. Uh, Merrimack is in third right now, um, but none, nonetheless, LIU does get into that top four um, right now. Sacred Heart is also. Um, Currently in, in third place at top in in that top four, so um, definitely going to be some 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 big time game, man. Some uh, fun basketball to watch, man. But um, that 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 Brian Merrimack game was definitely huge, um, you know, for the Bulldogs to be able to get. Yeah, they they, they swept Merrimack. They, they beat them twice this weekend, which was extremely you know surprising. I, I was thinking Merrimack could, could at least you know was they at least going to be able to get one of those wins, but you know, huge for Brian to be able to come off. And get two of those wins, you know that that keeps them in contention. You know, four potential regular season championship. Obviously, we're going to sitting at ten and four. They got two games versus Central Connecticut this weekend. You know, who's sitting currently in last place? They they like they likely you know going to get to twelve and four. You know, barring anything unforeseen. Um, and then Bryant, you know, they're going to have four games left. They got two versus LIU and two versus Mount St. Mary's. Man, so they're going to have their chances to get up there and potentially tie for a regular season championship. Um, if they can take care of business, they're going to probably have to win all four. You know, which is going to be tough because we know LIU is a very, very good team. Mount St. Mary's is, is feisty as well. You know, they're, they're still in the mix for a bye. You know, so both of those teams are going to be playing for playing for their, you know, for their postseason lives. You know, a sweep, you know, essentially knocks you out of their running uh, if you're LIU. And essentially, especially if, if you're Mount St. Mary's. So those last two series for Bryant um, are going to be extremely, extremely important, you know. But they're going to be at home. Um versus LIU, man. So they're gonna they're gonna have you know their home court advantage in in that back to back, um, and they're also gonna be at home versus Mount St. Mary's. So you know the, 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 all four of their season, all all four of these last games, you know potentially for regular season championship are gonna be on their home court. So they do control their own destiny in the sense that if they went out, they will have a share of the 
NEC championship, you know, except expecting that Wagner is going to win is going to win these two games at Central. But obviously, you know, um, if if they were to lose, then Brian could potentially you know win, win it outright. So it's going to be it's going to be a fun a fun league to watch, man, down the stretch for sure. Um, I, I think I think um, I think I think Wagner and Brian are in really really good places right now, and you know. Obviously, Sacred Heart, LIU, and Mount St. Mary's. Even St. Francis Brooklyn still has a shot. They're going to need some help. Um, but our guy, Travis Aston, has been playing extremely well. So, I mean, we talked a lot about him, you know, this season. But Trav, you know, he's, he's been having a great year over there at, at St. Francis Brooklyn. You know, Quinnipiac transfer. He, you know, had a tough role. Started at Tulsa. Went to Quinnipiac for a year. Um, transferred out. And now he's at St. Francis Brooklyn, averaging 15-7 and seven, um, over there for St. Francis Brooklyn. So, definitely want to shout out my guy, Travis Aston, over there for doing work at, at St. Francis Brooklyn, man. They're, they're going to need some help to get in. You know, they, they lost Sacred Heart this weekend. They had a chance to kind of cement themselves in that NC picture. You know, they won the, They won game one. They had a lead at halftime in game two for Sacred Heart. It was looking like they were going to get to 9-7. Get to um, well, Sacred Heart found a way to win that game, and now they are, you know, solely in in, in place to, to, you know, kind of control their own destiny and, and get that by. Yeah, not for sure, man. I mean, Sacred Heart definitely uh, – that was, that was definitely a big-time victory for Sacred Heart over the weekend, man. I, I continue to be impressed, man, by Wagner because they're currently on an eight-game win streak um, with a chance to stretch that to to a 10-game win streak if they are able to get these two against Central. So, I mean, imagine you going to the conference tournament on a 10-game win streak or needing to win two games to get to the NCAA tournament, you know. Uh, so, I mean, they're, they're, they're the hottest team in the league right now. We obviously know Bryant – Got off to a, to a hot start, hot start, you know, was in first place. And then Wagner has just taken the league absolutely by storm. So um, I think Wagner is, you know, if I had to pick one team, I'd say they're, they're the team to beat right now uh, simply because they're, you know, they a team that's, you know, won eight straight games um, with a chance to get the 10 straight games really um, is, is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, but like I said, I mean, I definitely would not count out Brian. I really, we know Coach Grasso for all, all his years at Iona um, has a plethora of, of, of NCAA tournament experience, uh, conference tournament experience. Um, you obviously, we they have, you know, a, a very talented roster. Um, so they're definitely going to be, um, you know, have something to, to, to say about that as well, man. But um, the NEC is definitely going to be fun. Yeah, but, man. Widener, Widener has, 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 you know, they have a uh, – obviously, they have a couple of good players. Obviously, Elijah Ford leading them in scoring right now at 18-7. and seven. Alex Morales, you know, at 17-7. and seven. Will Martinez at 12-5. and five. And then Lonnie Hunt at 11-4. and four. So, I mean, they got four guys averaging double figures, man. You know, they can score with the absolute best of them, man. They're, they're a fun team to watch. Um, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, they're definitely, you know, them and Brian. I mean, we know Brian is, you know, they lead the country in, in tempo. You know, so or I think that I believe they did get second in the country because Cobb State, I believe, was first in Temple. I, I bet Tech, you know, Ken Palm to see, you know, who's who's first now. But you know, I, I think if, if we potentially get a Brian Wagner, you know, NEC Championship series, that would be a fun, fun series to watch. Just get your popcorn ready, man. That game's gonna be getting gonna be played in the in the nineties. Uh, sure. I'll definitely um I'll definitely be, be be looking forward to that, man. Um the last last league I wanna touch on, man, is is is, is the MIAC. You know, because we actually had some big time, big time games in the MIAC this weekend. Um, finally, you know, the the, the MIAC South is finally catching up. You know, the MIAC North has been playing this whole season, man. The MIAC South is finally catching up. Um, A&T and FAMU was able to play to a split down there at FAMU. You know, FAMU is the dungeon. For all you guys who don't know, I know many of you guys don't, don't you know, follow, you know, MIAC hoops, man. But, you know, this is what we're here for. You know, we're here to enlighten you guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
fan you, man. Honestly, both of them Florida schools. Obviously, Bethune opted out this year, but Bethune and Fam are two tough places to play on the road. But especially Fam, I don't know what it is. They have a this big, huge arena. It's it's kind of dim in there with the lights. In a normal year, they got their you know the, the band in there, the band dancing on the sideline. But it's extremely hard to win down there. And you know, Fam, you were able to get a win over A and T, who's currently in first place. Their only loss in the MAC this year, and they swept Central. Um, at home, you know, so, um, you know, currently A&T is at first place in that MIAC South at 6-1. and one. FAMU is in second place right now at 4-3, and three, and, and Central is third at 2-3. and three. You know, Central is obviously the defending regular season champs, um, the three-time defending conference tournament champs, but they're struggling right now since that 2-3. and three, they, they lost to A&T last night um, on their home court. We know, you know, um, Coach Moten is going to get those guys ready for the conference tournament um, when the time comes, you know, but um, – I don't know, man. It's gonna be interesting. Fam, you haven't seen them in the MIAC tournament in so long because they was they were banned. But this this year they're gonna be able to play um in the MIAC tournament finally. So um, I'm definitely excited to to see them as well. Um, also, Norfolk was able to get a win over Delaware State to get to eight and four. Um, Coppola State is obviously gonna play Delaware State. We're gonna kind of preview that a little bit later, man. But um, Norfolk handles business. They get to eight and four with a win over Delaware State. Um, in the MIAC South, man, definitely some some fun action in the MIAC South um over the weekend. Yeah, man. I mean, I was surprised to see that ANT and Central result. Um, obviously, you know, ANT beating by 16 points. They're going to play again on Saturday on ESPN. You have to be a televised game. I don't, I don't know why they chose to do it Wednesday, Saturday, but in any event, those games are always extremely fun. It sucks that, you know, there's not going to be any fans there. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, that game is definitely going to be, you know, going to be an important one, you know, for ANT who could potentially lock up, you know, the, the regular season um, down there in the in the MEAC South um, with a win, man. So, you know, I think I think going into the MIAC tournament, man, it's, it's going to be fun, man. I mean, it's, it's going to be a fun tournament. You're going to have teams from North Bay, teams from the South, man. We know Norfolk, Morgan, and Coburn are extremely good. You know, Central obviously has extreme pedigree in, in the MIAC, you know, and then ANT is really good. You know, they they are really, really, really good. And, you know, fam, I don't know what it is about that gym, man. I really – they were undefeated at home last year in the MIAC, and they're 4-1 at home this year in, the, in, in, their, in their home gym, man. So – Whatever it is that they got going on down there, I don't, I don't know what it is, man, but they simply find ways to win in that gym. Thankfully, the MIAC tournament is not in that gym, you know. So, they're going to have to get – And you would be MIAC chance if it was. Oh, no, nah, you would did one for sure be, be MIAC chance if, if, if they had got the host tournament. I mean, they're 1-8 and eight on the road. So, I don't, I don't really see them doing too much in the MIAC tournament. But, you know, I, I think, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun tournament. You never want to count out Central, even though they're 2-3. and Lavelle Moulton is a great coach. A&T is extremely talented. And then them teams from North, Morgan Cobbin and Norfolk are going to have something to say about it as well, man. So the MIAC is going to be a fun league to watch down the stretch, man. Now, for sure, man. For sure, man. Definitely is going to be fun. Um, but, man, it is time for our favorite segment of the week. Um, the craziest thing we saw, man. And uh, it was crazy because we were talking about this actually, you know, last night, man. Um, you know, uh, I, actually, I'll, let, me, let, me, let me pull up. Pull up the clip, you know. Let's just pull, pull up the footage, man. Of um, since actually, you know, obviously, we know this is a, a mid-major podcast. You know, we talk about basketball, which does not exclude women's basketball. You know, this this gem does not come um, from the men's basketball landscape. The craziest thing we saw um, this time around actually came from a women's game, and um, I don't want to butcher butcher um, this this young lady's name, um, but. It was a game in the out of the American Conference between Cincinnati and East Carolina. Um, I don't want to put her name, but I want to. Uh, I want to say it might be uh, Amari. 
I want. I think it might be Imari Thomas. Um, she broke the Cincinnati scoring record against ECU, scoring 51, 51 buckets. And I'm I'm, I'm let Ace you know, give you guys the breakdown of how she was scoring, man. But I mean, anytime you can throw up a fifty ball, definitely got to shout you out, man. I know, like I said, this is um a college basketball podcast, so you know we're gonna show some love to the ladies with this one, man. Doing doing great things. Yeah, y'all know I usually love my my my, my bad beats. Um, and my guy Travis as is actually featured on Bad Beats this week. You know, he he almost you know screwed the over in, in that in that St. Francis Brooklyn um, Sacred Heart game. But you know, so th- th- that was funny because he's one of my good friends. But I saw this this this, this ECU uh, Cincinnati. Uh, this girl went for fifty one on straight ducking layups. I mean, it was literally duck in, turn around layup, duck in, steal layup. Like she had a few moves where it was like one dribble, you know, drop step layup, you know, a few drop steps in there. But I mean, she had fifty one, and I don't think she made it a field goal outside of five feet. I mean, they were. It was fifty one points on straight duck in. Layups. It was absolutely unbelievable to see. I mean, there was there was no double team. There was no front in the post. I mean, it was. I'm gonna let you go one on one, and if you you get the better of our post post player, so be. I mean, no, I don't know how you let a team score fifty on straight ducking layups. That was that was that was the problem. ECU was front in the post, and they fronted it, yeah, fronted it, and fronted it, and fronted it, and she just sealed over the top layup. And I was like, wow, yo, where's the help? Where's the weak side? Where's the clamp? Where's the something? Like, usually keep letting this girl seal you over, over, and over, and over, and over again. Seal, 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 layup. I mean, Jesus Christ, you out there, deep on, deep on down there. Like, I mean, I don't know, man. It was definitely crazy to see, man. I mean, I'm watching the, I'm watching the video. I'm watching the house. I'm like, all right. I'm waiting to see like an isolation bucket. Like I'm waiting to see a step back. I'm waiting to see some dribble moves. And I just keep seeing seal, layup, seal, layup, seal, layup, all the way to 51. <laughs> so definitely shout out to you, man. Um, I believe her name is Amari Thomas, but nonetheless, you know, shout out to the Cincinnati women's basketball team um for 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 um you know breaking the all-time scoring record. 51 of them guys, man. You know, fellas, man, we got to take those. I don't think I've I seen any 50 balls in the men's side this year. Um, I believe we had a couple 40 balls, you know, but no 50 balls. So, uh, shout out to you uh, for, for throwing up the the half century, uh, you know, on um, on ECU last night. Yeah, for sure, man. It definitely, that definitely was really extremely surprising to see, man. Props to her for sure, man. But definitely want to get you prepared for some games for this weekend, man. And I'm going to start us off with, with, with the SOCOM, you know, my favorite conference. And this is going to be, you know, there's there's arguably – there's a few games with, with um, postseason implications, but this one um, is going to be extremely, extremely huge between Furman and Wofford. Um, this Saturday, they're going to play for all the marbles, essentially, um, in the in the SOCOM um, – Matter of fact, I believe I believe that game. I want I want to see who's going to be the home team, because um, that's going to be a huge game. But Furman, you know, we, we I, I talked a lot about Furman, you know, this whole season. Um, you know, I, I've loved I've loved Furman. Drew has been really high on Walford. Um, but that game is going to be taking place um, from Furman this weekend. Uh, they're going to be at home uh, as they take on Walford. And this game is essentially going to be for the regular season championship. Obviously, Furman right now is sitting atop the standings. Um, right now at ten and four, Walford's eleven and five, um, and UNCG is at twelve and five. They're technically a half game back um, of of Furman and Walford right now, who are essentially tied, you know, for the for the conference lead right now because of win percentage. Um, but man, Furman and Walford is going to be a fun game, man. It's going to be a fun series to watch. These are the best two teams in the SoCon in terms of scoring margin. Furman obviously has outscored opponents by eleven point seven points per game. Walford 
had outscored opponents by 7.1 points per game, man. Um, so these are essentially the two best teams in the league. Um, performing, man. I mean, I think, you know, they're, they're their team where you don't know who's going to beat you, man. I mean, they, they've had games where obviously we know Mike Boswell is, is extremely good. He averages just about 15 points a game for Furman, but you also have Alex Hunter. You also have Noah Gurley. You also have Dylan Slauson. All those guys can come out there and, and lead you in score. I mean, Noah Gurley, I mean, has quietly been the X factor for this team. I mean, over his last four games, he averaged 19 points per game, and they've won all four of those games. Um, so I think, you know, he, he's he's crossed the, the 20 plaques, the 20 points per game plateau in three of those wins. Um, but he's really come on really, really strong late for this Furman team. And, I mean, they, you know, they've been letting scoring by, by different dudes, you know, at different points what season. I mean, obviously Mike Botwell has, Jalen Slauson has, Alex Hunter has, Noah Gurley has. I mean, they're a team that is extremely potent offensively. Um, they're also a really good defensive team, man. And, I, I know, I, I've been high on them on uh, on them all season. And, obviously, for Wofford, you have Thor Murphy, who's one of the best players in the league, you know, um, there, Wofford is 10-2 and two in game where he scores at least 18 points, man. So he he is absolutely key for them. You know, basically, you know, when he plays well, they play well. You know what I mean? And generally, so, I mean, he's averaging about 18 points a game. So in games that he gets his average, they win. You know, they're 10-2 in game where he gets to 18. Um, so I think, you know, if, if, he, if he can get off, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be able to be in good position you know, to win that game in that first game. Um, in that first game versus, versus Furman, um, Wofford won that game and he had 24 you know, so Furman had to slow him down. Um, obviously, in, in, in this second matchup, they're going to get him obviously on their home court. You know, which, which should help. Um, actually, I think the game is going to be at Wofford. I think the game is going to be is going to be at Wofford. Actually, this this weekend, man. So Wofford, um, Wofford is going to be at home. Yes, Wofford is going to be at home um, this weekend. Excuse me, I said they were going to be early. Wofford is going to be at home this weekend as they conclude regular season um, versus Furman. Man, so I'm definitely going to be looking looking. Looking at, at that at that matchup, obviously, um, and then also UNCG, UNCG. If they if they get a win, can get a share. Um, if UNCG wins and Furman loses, UNCG can, can can get a share of the regular season championship. They're gonna go to ETSU um, this weekend uh, to conclude their their regular season. Man, if, if, if again, if UNCG is able to get a win, all three of those teams will be tied atop the uh, loss column with five losses. Um, essentially, if Furman wins, they get the regular season championship outright. But if Wofford is able to win and UNCG is able to win, then there'll be a three-way tie atop the SoCon standings, man. So those are two SoCon games that I'll definitely be looking forward to uh, this weekend. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, like you mentioned, I think um, I would I would pick Wofford to win that one. I think Storm Murphy is definitely um, a, a difference maker uh, for, for Wofford. And I think that, you know, them being at home, um, those I think that, that that does bode well um, for them in this game. Um, but we're able to see, man. Like you said, man, Furman's obviously a very talented team. Um, and again, I have something to say about that, man. When you have your a regular season chip online, man, that definitely gives you a little bit of extra juice, um, you know, in, in 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 your engine, man. So we'll see what happens in that one. Um, I think in the A-10, man, we're going to have the, the, the game I'm, I'm looking forward to. It's going to be Richmond at St. Louis. Um, that's going to tip off on Friday. Um, like, yes, man, these two teams were teams that, you know, beginning of the season, we're thinking, or beginning of the A-10 schedule, these two teams are going to be in play for at-large bid. You know, and they effectively probably both played themselves out um, of an at-large bid. You know, but nonetheless, um, they're going to be facing off on Friday. Um, and the America East, man, is conference tourney time, man. Um, so we're going to have Stony Brook matching up against UMass Lowell. Um, Binghamton is going to play Hartford. And NJIT is going to play Albany, man. So, it's crazy, man. We're already at conference tournament time for free tournaments, man. I mean, 
it's I mean we we we've been covering mid majors all year, man. It's just you know regular season games, going to games, and it's it's, it's time. I mean it, it's time. Uh, it, it's time. You know, March is, is is among us. You know, a lot of these other leagues are gonna be wrapping up. The regular season is here pretty soon, and it's gonna be it's gonna be you know do or die time. You know? So it, it's gonna be um, do or die time in the American East as well, man. Um, I know I don't know, man. I'm 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 ready, man. I'm 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 ready to see. You know, definitely. Gonna be a, a fun couple of games, you know, in in the American East um, as they uh, you know gear up for conference play. Yeah, for sure, man. We talk about the postseason, and you know, one team that's not gonna be playing in the postseason is Belarmin. You know, but they have an opportunity to potentially win a regular season championship this weekend. They're gonna play Liberty. Um, both these teams are tied atop the Atlantic Sun right now, um, and obviously Belarmin. Um, like we said earlier, we, we had obviously head coach Joey Gallo on the podcast last week. You know, he, he said that he wants to, you know, try to set up this, you know, let us play classic after the year. So this might not be, you know, the last time we see Belarmin this year. I hope they can get that scheduled. I don't know if, I don't know if they're actually, you know, on the phone trying to figure that out right now. But, you know, I, I really do hope that, that they are. Um, you know, it's going to be one game, one take all series, man. It's not a back-to-back. It's one game for all the Marbles. Liberty's 10-2. Belarmin's 10-2. You know, they both have one game left on their regular season, man. Saturday. 2 p.m., man, for, for all the marbles in the Atlantic Sun, man. So it's going to be at Liberty. Um, you know, both teams are extremely, extremely hot right now. You know, Liberty's won five in a row. Belarmi's won five in a row, man. So it's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be basically, uh, you know, you know uh, something has to give, you know. And, and you know, for, for a Belarmi team that isn't planned for anything, you know, it would be awesome to see them be able to win their, you know, conference regular season in the first year um, in Division One. you know, just like Mary Mack did last year in their first year of Division One, Obviously, we saw um, Liberty was able to get a sweep over North Alabama, and Darius McGee had himself a weekend. You know, night one, he scores 29, um, and then night two, he follows that up with a 24-point performance. Man, so he's playing some really, really good basketball right now for Liberty. Um, and so it's, it's going to be a fun matchup, man. But Larmy, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it's their first, first, you know, first year of Division One, man. But, you know, since they, they, they were able to – they got swept um, earlier in the year by Lipscomb – uh, and that was back all the way in January, January 8th and 9th. And they have not lost the game since then, man. So they are probably, you know, one of the hottest teams in America, you know, right now, not named Baylor and Gonzaga. I've been looking at teams haven't lost all year, you know, but, you know, they, Bellarmine has not lost since January, man. So they're, they're riding, you know, you know, obviously playing some great basketball right now. And it's going to be a great game this Saturday as they take on Liberty. Now, for sure, man, definitely going to be a fun game, man. I'm, I'm, I'm moving for Belarmin, man. You know, I'm, I'm moving for Belarmin just because, like I said, man, it would be fun to see another team come, come from D2 and win the regular season championship, man, in the first year in D1, man. I'm definitely going to be looking forward to that. Um, to the Mac we go, man. We're going to have the Buffalo rivalry, man. We're going to have Canisius at Niagara um, in a game that, obviously, like, like you said, man, uh, Niagara almost nearly – you know, got a sweep over Seattle last week, and Kanisha, the team that's playing some great basketball as late coming off Paul. So that's going to be a big time series there up in Buffalo. Um, QU is going to play Marist, man. Um, QU is obviously playing some great basketball as well. Like, like we mentioned, they're riding a three game win streak. Um, Marist, a team that is extremely, extremely tough. Quinnipiac is going to be on the road um, with a chance to get, you know, presently, you know, Sanders win streak to get 4 1 0, 5 1 0, potentially, um, and get back to 500, man. They're going to be on the road. You know, so I would have. Uh, I would not, you know, predict, you know, them, them you know, sweeping Maris. Um, I just, the imagination, you know, Maris is obviously, you know, very tough team as well on the defensive end of the floor. You know, their leading scorer only averages, you know, basically 11 points a game, 10.9. Ricardo Wright is at 11 a game, essentially. Um, and this is a team that, you know, wins games on the defensive side of the ball. You know what I'm saying? This is a team, you know, that um, 
like I said, man, they're, they're going to grind it out. You know, we know what, what we're going to get from any John Dunn coach team. Um, so it's going to be offense versus defense, man. Um, like, you know, we, we, we mentioned the, the freshman of the year race. You know, Ricardo Wright is a guy who's, you know, been solid, man. You know, after 11 points a game, you know, three boards, two assists as a freshman uh, for Maris, man. So, um, you know, he, he's definitely going to be um, going to have something to say about that rookie of the year award as well um, when it comes down to the end of the year, man. But – uh, those, those, those are the two games that I'm looking forward to uh, in the night this weekend. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, to the Mountain West, we go. It's going to be a huge, huge, huge weekend for the Mountain West. San Diego State and Boise State are playing Thursday and Saturday. That's essentially going to be for the regular season championship out there in the Mountain West, man. I cannot wait um, for, for, this, for, this, for this game, man. I mean, you know, Derek Austin has had a great year, obviously, for Boise State. And San Diego State is one of the best defensive teams in the country right now, and they're playing some of their best basketball right now. I mean, you know, San Diego State's won their last eight games. Boise's won their last four. You know, so they're both, they're both playing great, great basketball. Um, I mean, hey, man, I, I, I really want to see, you know, how the San Diego State team, how the Boise State team, you know, if, if they can they especially get a, get a split here. I mean, San Diego State's going to be playing at home. It's going to be tough to, to go there, um, to go there and get a win, man. But, you know, if Boise can find a way to get it done, you know, they're, they're both – Tied in the loss column right now with three losses um, in the Mountain West as well as Colorado State. You know, so, you know, if, obviously CSU, Colorado State is going to play Air Force this, this weekend. You know, they could potentially get 13 wins. You know, San Diego State, if they can get a sweep, you know, they'll get a share of the, eight, of the Mountain West Championship, you know, at 13-3 at as well, man. So that's going to be a huge series for them. And then, of course, Nevada, we talked about this earlier, Nevada and Utah State are going to play Friday and Sunday. It's going to be at Utah State, you know, so that's going to be a huge game. Utah State, in, in, in terms of their tournament, you know, the tournament expectations going forward, man, they're going to have to – I think I think the sweep is what they need to do. If, if they if they, lose, if they lose one of these games, it's going to be extremely tough. And God help them if they get swept. If they get swept, they may as well pack their flight to the NIT right now because um, they ain't going to be playing in March. Yeah, hey, high stakes, man. High stakes in the Mountain West this weekend, man. And I wouldn't want it any other way. <laughs> um, to the NEC, man, definitely have um, – some 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 fun matchups that are going to have heavy heavy implications on the playoff seedings. We're going to have LIU at Bryant tonight. Um, also, man, St. Francis Brooklyn is going to travel to Merrimack uh, to begin a two game series. Um, St. Francis Brooklyn needs to get two wins quite frankly, man. Right now they're eight and eight. Uh, if they can get two wins over Merrimack, uh, they're gonna, they, that, that will put them at ten and eight, which will put them right back into the thicket thing as far as getting in, into that top four. Uh, you know, for Merrimack, obviously, if they want to get back into the regular season championship picture, um, they're going to need to get essentially they're, they're going to need to get these two wins. If they can get the, to, to ten wins, as well, um, I think as far as the regular season championship, I, I'm pretty sure that um, I think it's pretty safe to assume that Wagner's probably going to win that. I'm um, at ten and four right now. I wouldn't, you know, I would probably get at least at least one game over Central, um, but I would really think they're going to get to twelve and four at worst, eleven to five. And if they do get to eleven to five, I, I believe that would be good enough. Uh, to get into a regular season title, um, unless Bryant is able to finish the, the, the season pretty strong, man. But um, LIU and Bryant tonight is going to be a big time implication as far as you know two teams that are you know currently and I believe second and fourth um, in the standings right now. So um, major major implications as far as seeding there. You know, if God forbid if if Bryant loses this game, then that's going to definitely hurt the chances to be in the top four. Um, and the same goes for LIU um, to the MIAC. Coppin State is going to travel to Delaware State this weekend for a series, man, where they need to get two wins. Um, if, if they want to continue to have a chance to win the regular season in the MIAC North, 
absolutely need to get these two wins and get to ten and four. Um, and I think that that'll you know I think uh, if they could do that, then you know, we'll we'll see what happens, man. Also, Central is going to travel to A and T for the rematch um, of that Eagle Aggie Classic. Um, you know, part two. Obviously, we saw A and T you know defeat Central pretty handily in game one. Um, I know I know those guys are going to be chomping at the bit to get another opportunity to, to advance that loss uh, in game two, man. And he's in a tough place to play, though. I know that, you know, um, I, I'm not sure if they're going to have fans. I, 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 think, I don't think they're going to have fans, but I, I don't know. Down south is a whole different world, so they might allow a couple of dudes up in there, maybe the marching band or something like that. Um, and he's in a tough place to play, man. So uh, Central is definitely going to have the odds that against him, man. I don't know. I mean, if A&T gets to sweep over Central, they go to 7-1. Central goes to 2-4, and four, I mean – it's going to be tough, man. Central's definitely going to be in the bye, man. They might find themselves playing, you know, on that first night uh, in the MEAC tournament, which is, I mean, unforeseen territory for, for Lavelle Bowen. You know, they normally have a pretty solid bye there in the MEAC tournament, man. But I think if they lose this game to A&T, um, they can definitely pretty much guarantee themselves um, a, a date with an opponent on the first night of that MEAC tournament. And then um, for Copper State, obviously they can pull off two wins over Dell State. They can put themselves in position – uh, to secure a regular season title. Um, I talked to Coach Auslander at Compensate the other uh, day. Um, right now, them and Morgan are obviously both tied um, at the top. I mean, excuse me, they're both tied. I believe they're 6-4 um, in, in the MEAC right now. No focus at the top at 8-4. and four. So, um, Morgan's supposed to play Delaware State. Um, they're trying to see if they can get those games rescheduled. Uh, if they can get them rescheduled, um, and if Morgan takes care of business, um, then I believe that it would be between them and, and Norfolk. I think if Nor- if he said if um, if they do get the games rescheduled um, and they end up being a three-way tie, I believe Coppin would then go to third. Um, you know, I guess that's how the tiebreaker will shake out. Um, but if Morgan does um, end up, if those games versus Dell State do not end up getting rescheduled for Morgan, and it's just Coppin and uh, Norfolk at the top of the MEAC, then Coppin would be regular season champs um, by way of their three wins over Norfolk State. So um, we'll see what happens with those Morgan Dell State games if they end up getting rescheduled or not. I'm sure if you're Kevin Brodus, you're going to be pushing those games to get scheduled and get played, you know, but um, I think, you know, COVID and the MIAC will definitely have, um, you know, the, the the last say as far as that, as far as scheduling. But, you know, we'll see, man. A lot of confidence, man, are going to be decided this weekend. So, I mean, you know, what, what, what more could you ask for, you know, for a mid-major podcast, you know, uh, with a lot of championships online, man? Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, in, in the OVC, Belmont is going to have opportunity to conclude their regular season. They're going to face the second and – obviously, they're, they're first in the OVC. They haven't lost since freaking November, December. Um, they're riding a 21-game winning streak right now. Um, they're going to go for 22 and 23 in a row. Um, they're going to they're gonna travel to Eastern Kentucky and then to Moorhead State. Eastern Kentucky is currently third in the OVC. Moorhead State is currently second in the OVC. Um, they've all but wrapped up the regular season championship. Yeah, they're 18 and 0, so they're going to be regular season champions um, in the OVC. They have two road games, but, you know, they're 10 and 0 on the road this year. So, you know, Belmont, you know, like I said, we don't really talk about them enough on this podcast. They've, you know, only won 21 games in a row. Um, so they're, they're going to wrap up their regular, their regular season. Uh, they're playing tonight at 8 o'clock p.m. So once you tune into this podcast, go ahead and tune into ESPN Plus. They're going to play Eastern Kentucky. Um, and then Saturday, they're going to travel to Moorhead State to wrap up their regular season in the OVC. 
Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think you're just speaking to me. I mean, you said, you know, uh, Bellarmine is, is you know, the highest team in America outside of uh, guys like Baylor. I think Belmont would definitely beg to differ. Uh, I think they're definitely the, the hottest team in the country outside of uh, Gonzaga and Baylor, man. It might be even more hot than Baylor because I just saw Baylor almost lose to Iowa State on their home court the other night. You know, so I don't know, man. Belmont definitely going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with um, if and when they get into the NCAA tournament um, for whoever they see in the first round. Yeah, no, for sure, man. For sure, man. Um, Look, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Auto Band, man. Make sure you guys are, you know, tapping in with all of our content. Make sure you follow us on social media at All Facts Media. We have a YouTube channel, All Facts Media, which we just got updated. We just got the update uh, for YouTube channel. We got all our videos up there. Um, also, our website is, is, is updated with our video catalog, with our newest articles and everything. So make sure you guys are tapping in with that content. Um, also, like I said, we're on Twitter and Instagram at All Facts Media. Make sure you guys are liking, sharing, subscribing to this podcast, man. Every like counts, every share counts, you know, every, every rating that we get counts, man. So we thank you for everybody that, that tunes into our podcast, listens to our content, man. It truly does mean a lot, man. Make sure you guys get nice and warm, cozy seat on that couch this weekend, man, for all the all the college basketball that's gonna be that is gonna be you know, taking place this weekend, man. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. Definitely got a jam-packed weekend, man. I can't wait for next episode when, when, when we can come back and digest all this stuff and you know see who's gonna be rocking their regular season championship t-shirts, cutting down the nets, um, and, and putting themselves in a position to go, you know, win a conference tournament in March, man. So um that's gonna be a wrap for this episode, guys, man. We'll see you guys next week. Um, make sure you guys head over to Twitter, man. Like A said, man. Um, check out all of our recent content, man. Got tons of game recaps, um, tons of videos up on our YouTube channel, man. So, you guys are in quarantine. It's COVID. You guys don't have nothing to do. You know, go get caught up on college basketball, man. So you can you can be up to date when the NCAA tournament comes around. And it's time for you guys to make your brackets. Um, we are the most trusted mid-major source in America, man. You're not gonna get this type of mid-major coverage from anywhere else. And you know, we are too fine young black brothers trying to make it, you know, so make sure you guys support us, man. Show us some love, man. It definitely goes a long way, you know, but um, we're going to let Pull Up Tay take us out as always. We'll catch you guys next week, man. Stay safe, be blessed, and stay COVID free. You ain't make the headlines, now it's time to reject, boy. Reject, boy. You bitten on me. I can tell. What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? Take your best shot, I'm going to take the last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. You bitten on me. I can tell. It's time to get a check, boy. Check, boy. You want the sideline? You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitten on me? What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? Take your best shot. I'ma take the last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.